Welcome. This is our Ingenious Podcast. Uh, we help creatives succeed. Uh, we're joined by Brian Young of Creative Circle. Brian has been with Creative Circle for nine years. Uh, currently, he is a champion of the Creative Circle's culture. Uh, you partner with stakeholders and executive leaders to shape and uphold core values and operational best practices. Uh, Brian has driven a belief in personal development, creating deep relationships, and setting and managing mutually beneficial expectations and delivering best solutions. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is fantastic. It's wonderful to have you here today. Um, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, creative careers and uh, practical takeaways for our young uh, professionals out there. Perfect. And uh, tell me a little bit about Creative Circle and what you do in general, just to, to help just to help start this conversation. Absolutely. So Creative Circle is um, a specialized staffing agency, and we represent advertising, creative, marketing, digital, and design professionals for freelance, full time, and temp to perm positions. Uh, we are national. We have a network of thirty different offices across the country. Um, you know, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, uh, and everywhere in between. And we, you know, partner with a lot of creative professionals, you know, uh, junior level, senior level, executive level at all levels, to be honest with you, uh, and help them get to the next step in their career, be it freelance, full time, agency side or with a brand. Wonderful. And uh, typically when you first get a candidate in, what, what, what are some of the things that you're seeing currently in terms of uh, the type of work that they're looking for or... Are there certain trends in the, in the current market that you're seeing? Absolutely. Um, well, the timing now of the year, you know, students are coming out of school and they're looking for entry-level roles. Uh, and a lot of the candidates that we're seeing right now are in the junior design path um, with a heavy interest in visual design, user interface, and user experience design at the moment. Um, we also have been seeing a lot of graphic designers with a specialty in illustration. Uh, so that's been the trend in the last three months, I'll say. You know, your recent grads trying to ramp up and get out there before they actually graduate. Right. Um, but also in general, outside of the graduating classes, we're seeing a lot of heavy interest in user experience and user interface design. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, tell me about those uh, those candidates that are, that are coming in. Do you feel that they're properly prepared for the uh, job world or what are you seeing? For the most part, they do come out of school properly prepared. They, they have uh, some sort of a spec portfolio put together from their classwork. Um, a lot of times the, the portfolios need tweaking. You know, professors might not set them up 100% and say, you know what, limit the amount of pieces in a portfolio or this is what to expect on the market. Um, but for the most part, they're prepared for the workforce. Um, some could need some tweaking. Some are very, very well prepared. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, they are really good to go. What are the essential elements uh, that you feel are necessary in order to secure a job? Um, you have to be able to obviously talk through your design, de design decisions. You know, why you chose a color, why you chose the font, why you chose, you know, heavy imagery versus heavy type. Um, so you need to be able to explain your process really, really well, uh, support the work that you show in your portfolio as well, um, and be able to talk about what you ultimately want. You know, have a set direction. You know, if it is freelance, make sure you understand, you know, the requirements, if you will, to be a freelancer. Or if it's full-time and you have a hard and fast target of the type of company you want to go to, stay true to that. You know, just commit to something is, is something super important as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
let me break it down now into so some of those essential elements uh, that uh, young creatives bring to the table. Let's first talk about the resume. How are they doing with their resume? Do they what What are the some of the pitfalls that you see that you have to help them uh, improve? Um, it could be very opposite, polar opposites on the scale. One aspect could be their resume could be very light. And, you know, a lot of times new recent graduates think that because they don't have any professional experience, they have to kind of have a smaller, more, you know, minimal resume, if you will. But we, we actually encourage them to talk about the internships that they have or the extracurricular activities that they have um, and more of their interests. You know, I often refer to resumes like, you know, on the more junior side as an opportunity to tell a story about them, their experience, their goals and what they truly want to do. Um, on the opposite side, I've seen or we've seen resumes that are extremely heavy on, you know, every little thing that doesn't really apply to, if we're talking about designers, becoming a graphic designer. Mm. It could be past experiences, you know, working at Whole Foods or something. Um, so we really have to work with recent graduates to, to either pare down or to add to their resumes a bit. Interesting. And then uh, the portfolio. Yes. Tell me about the portfolio and what you're seeing and where you coach them most. Very good place to start. Uh, portfolios now coming out of school are very, very interesting. I mean, we have your traditional design schools, your SVAs, your Prats, and then you have certificate programs um, like a Shillington or um, the one that's slipping my mind right now. There's um, I can't remember it right now, but there is another program that offers... Um, a certificate program. So those portfolios are coming out very, very similar, but what I'm seeing is either an overabundance of work or a lack of work. Mm. Um, so there's never really an in-between because some, some people are in the school of thought of add everything to your portfolio. Uh, every piece that you've done, even if it's spec work, show it. Um, I am in the school of thought of keeping your portfolio to 10 pieces. You know, I highly recommend 10 pieces, your strongest being first, so you can really hook your viewer initially. Uh, and then show a range as well. That makes sense because in your ingenious side, we have a limit of 15. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, I say 10 to 12 of the strongest pieces, yes. um, especially when, when we're talking to more seasoned candidates who have experience, who have three, four, five, seven years uh, of design. You know, I say 10, 15 is a good number as well, mm -hmm. as long as a candidate can walk through um, all their pieces really, really well. So we talked about the two pieces of assets, uh, the resume and the portfolio. How are they prepared in terms of the communication skills and, and their behavior and the way they dress? Are, are they prepared? Some. <laughs> Some <laughs> what do you recommend? What are you looking for? Personally, I'm looking for a reflection of who they are. You know, in the past, when I know certainly when I was coming out of school, it was always a suit and tie for an interview. And that was the must have. Um, nowadays, I look for somebody who's more relaxed with themselves. It's an overall presentation in a way. So if you're comfortable wearing jeans and a nice shirt, I say go with that or a pair of khakis um, in appearance wise. Communication wise, you know, a lot of the interviews that I've seen recently can again skew very polar opposites. One is very professional and very buttoned up and the candidate has this very set elevator pitch, mm -hmm. if you will, about themselves, which I can appreciate. We've all been there. Uh, 
But then the other side of things, there's candidates who come in and kind of slouch down in their chairs and, and aren't really interested in talking about themselves. Uh, kind of slide the portfolio across the desk and say, that's my work, uh, which is not a good thing. Wow. Um, but I do recommend candidates having some sort of an elevator pitch, but making it a casual conversation yes. about their work. Yes, I've had candidates in my experience where they're a little too canned. Yes. Right, and they're not able to relax and connect with the with the other person. Absolutely. So that could be just, just as detrimental. Exactly. Yeah. I always want to have conversational interviews with people, mm-hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, I want to get to know who they are, what they're yes. about, and, and what they value. Right. Um, so I like to cut through the, the canned, prepared speeches and, and really just have a, a human human conversation. That's great. Do they feel like, uh, do you feel like they've prepared well for the job at hand or any particular job? Have they done their research and their market? the types of companies that they're going for. What are you seeing around that skill? I do see some preparation, to be honest. I I also think that a lot of candidates now might not really know where they want to go. And they could be very open to, you know, looking around for freelance, looking around for something while looking for something full time. Um, But when, when a candidate comes across who's very, very focused on what they want to do, they have done their research. They know the ins and outs of the types of companies they want to do. Is it fintech? Is it more of an advertising agency background? Is it a um, beauty and cosmetics brand? You know, so they really, the ones who are prepared really do know what they're after uh, and they do know how to approach them mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I want to flip the conversation from, from an employer standpoint. What are the uh, sort of the elements that they're looking for uh, when they speak to Creative Circle in, in terms of the candidate search? Okay. When an employer approaches Creative Circle for, for a need, it could be design, it could be copywriting or anything, they are really looking for a candidate who really hits most of the marks. You know, if a, if a client approaches us or hiring manager approaches us and says, I have a need and I need A, B, C, and D, you know, those are going to be hard and fast. And they're gonna, the client is going to expect us to find that candidate, to really put the legwork in, to interview the candidate, know what the candidate's capable of, and, and explain to the client that, you know, Jane candidate can mark, can check off A, B, C, and D for that client. Right. So, so they're looking for the skill set first. They are looking for the skill set first. Right. And then the portfolio matching the aesthetic that they, they carry with their brand. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's very important. Yes. To really match and mesh with a brand, uh, a brand's aesthetic is super important, especially if we are talking about an in-house brand because they put a lot of work into their, you know, their brand legacy, their brand story, uh, and their guidelines. Mm-hmm. And they're going to want a candidate who can tick off those boxes. Great. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, back to the communication skills side. I, I speak to a lot of young folks, and some are very good at this, and some are very ill-prepared. It's the issue of grammar. Mm-hmm. Is that an issue that you see? Yes. And how do you deal with that? How do you coach them on that? That's a very touchy subject. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that grammar in, in verbal communication and, and email communication is, dare I say, sort of lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that we kind of tackle that is honest feedback and honest coaching. You know, being a recruiter for 13 years, I've really had the foundation of giving positive and, and constructive criticism. The way that I really truly feel about it is, a candidate, junior, senior, or whatever level, is not going to grow without hearing that critical feedback. Um, and for me and, and for us at Creative Circle, it's a very straightforward conversation. 
you know, hey, we noticed that this might not be the best way to, to word this or to phrase this or don't add an LOLZ in an email or something, you know. <laughs> um, but we just have a straightforward conversation with the candidates about right. what we're seeing. Great. Um, are there any, uh, in your experiences, uh, they've, they've got a great resume, a great portfolio, and they go in for an interview and they just kind of destroy the opportunity. What, what caused them to sort of lose the job? It could be many different things. Yeah. It could be nerves. I mean, let's all be honest. We've all had situations where we've been nervous about an interview and we're sweaty palms and we're shaking and we're not actually articulating our words properly. That could be very huge, you know, but an employer or hiring manager should really expect that. Um, so I don't see a lot of roles lost because of that. I see a lot of roles lost because the candidate doesn't have that prepared Okay, I'll go to use the term elevator pitch. They don't quite know how to really talk through their thoughts, their work, uh, or their process in getting to the end end product. Mm -hmm. um, also, not being prepared to ask questions about that specific client or company. Uh, it's actually one of the things that I, I really value is telling candidates to prepare two to three questions about that company or client or position um, because it's as much of an interview for the candidate as it is for the client. That's right. That curiosity factor is such a big deal. Absolutely. As a hiring manager in the past, you want them to be curious about what we do and yes. how you do things. It comes down to engagement. It's exactly right. You know, yes. the hiring manager isn't going to want somebody who comes in happily and sits down at the desk and doesn't raise their hand or isn't involved in the company's brand or their ethos or what they're about. They want somebody who is naturally curious, who wants to get involved, who wants to lend their skill to something bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, what about financial skills? Is that a play here, a meaning um, understanding how companies make money, uh, where uh, how profit is calculated? Is that an essential skill in this space or no? I don't think it's necessary in this space. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously, if we're looking at a nonprofit, we should know or candidates should be aware that's not going to be, you know, a huge money maker versus, you know, an agency life. But I don't think it's a necessary skill at all. Mm -hmm. I just think a general awareness of the employer's space is important. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, for somebody who may have left a creative career to do other things, and now they want to come back into it, we actually face a lot of uh, folks who may have sort of abandoned this career for a while because of a number of reasons and now they want to come back mm -hmm. um, what advice do you have for them since uh, everything changes so quickly in this space it does change so quickly in in this space for sure and anyone re-entering the market i always encourage them to take a continuing education class um hone your skills there are tons of online destinations that can help you know refocus those skills or sharpen those skills or even bring you up to speed on what's actually happening in the market right now. Right. Absolutely. So I think it's just about being naturally curious and and seeking out you know tools to help hone your skills. Great. Is there a value? I know that in in the old days, <laughs> uh, if you graduated from one of the Ivy Leagues versus one of the state schools, they felt like there was uh, one type of school had more advantage over the other. In this space, does it matter that you went through a, a million-dollar school versus a, you know a state-certified program? I truly don't think so. You know, there are people who 
prefer, you know, your traditional design schools, your traditional schools and colleges and universities in that aspect. But I've been seeing a lot of candidates come out of school or come come to us anyway with uh, or, or from a certificate program skill that has very, very strong design aesthetic and ability. Mm. Uh, and they are rivaling those very large traditional design schools. Um, I mean, it could always come down to the creative director or hiring manager's preference if they were, you know, an alumni of the same school. I'm sure they might tip the scales a little bit. But if we're looking apples to apples, I really do feel like um, a lot of the portfolios are on par with each other from traditional design schools versus your certificate programs Mm -hmm. or your intensives. What are some of the other skills that you're looking for when uh, you're trying to hire somebody into a job? So, for example, are leadership skills important? Are uh, teamwork skills important? What are some of those skills that you look for? Those are very, very good skills that I look for as well. Yes, leadership skills are important. Um, can they rally a team, a group? It could be of peers. It could be of juniors. Um, absolutely, leadership skills are there. The ability to work collaboratively as well as independently is important as well. Mm-hmm. You know, can you self-motivate? Can you hold yourself to schedules, timelines, um, that's very, very important. Yes. Absolutely. Um, one thing, again, I go back to really selling yourself as a candidate. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have a personal brand? Can Does your resume match that? I know we kind of got off topic about that, mm-hmm. but you know, that's also very important because yeah. it shows that, that if it's a designer, they can understand the value of a brand and sticking to brand guidelines. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an important point. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, really uh, targeting your assets to the job. So yes. tailoring it to the job, I would say that's pretty important as well. You it can't is. just have a generic one. No, I agree. I think you should tailor certain things towards the job. Yes. You know, the days of cover letters are gone, um, but I, I definitely encourage, you know, an email mm-hmm. that tailors your response and sets up your resume to match that job. Um, do I really suggest tailoring a resume? Possibly. If you have... You know, the three key things that an employer is looking for, I say highlight those, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't give the recommendation to tear apart a resume for every specific job. Great. Any final uh, tips for the young professionals out there? Um, I really do feel like it's about understanding who you are. You know, understanding yourself as a designer, as a professional, you know, understanding your brand. Are you more you know, clean white space or are you more heavy type of imagery? It's understanding that and positioning yourself and your your assets, your your resume, your portfolio um, in such a way where it's going to continue along those lines. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really about being authentic, being who you really are, uh, because ultimately when you do get hired, if you're not presenting who you really are in the interview, the employer is going to absolutely find out, you know, who you are, what you're about and if you can really do what you say you do. That's right. Which is also, yes, which is also a very good point. It's about being honest. Yes. Yes. It's like a life thing. It is. It totally is. (laughs) Well, Ryan, thank you so much. Thank you. It was great. It was a great conversation. Today, we we talked with Ryan Young, recruiter for Creative Circle, brought to you by RN Genius, where we help creative succeed. Thank you very much. Thank you.